Hello everyone, you're listening to Art Town podcast series. This podcast visions to inspire artists with insights of creative individuals and aims to plunge into their imaginations. We dig deep into the minds, motivations and aspirations of some of the truly interesting people and share these conversations with you every Friday. If you're someone who's intrigued by art and seeks inspiration to chase your passion, this is the podcast for you. Imagine having a dream job and being able to explore and experiment with your work the way you want to. That's the story of Latoya Flowers from Chicago Field Museum, whose versatility is unparalleled. She isn't just an exhibitions media producer, she's a documentary filmmaker, a projection mapping artist and a photographer. Latoya started her journey with the Adler Planetarium and now creates immersive experiences with projection mapping for traveling and permanent exhibitions at the Field Museum. She's worked on a fantastic range of media projects and is renowned for producing a live show for Soul Experience, highlighting the scientific discoveries of the world's most complete T-Rex skeleton. This is Latoya Flowers, full of inspiration, full of cheer, full of passion, brought to you in this podcast. Welcome to Art Town Podcast Series. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Nice to be here. Nice to meet you all. <laughs> I hope you're in good health and you're doing well. I am actually yeah, I'm doing all right. So good to be here. <laughs> Great. Glad to know, ma'am. Uh, so let's begin this conversation with your introduction. Like I'm super excited to know about your work in the Field Museum. But before we get into that, let's talk about you. Like who is Latoya Flowers? So I am born and raised from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I am a media producer, a photographer, you know, all around artist. Um, art is my thing, something that I really love to do. Um, and yeah, I work in the museum industry. <laughs> okay, so um, that is a great start. And when you say uh, exhibitions media producer, could you elaborate for us on what exactly does an exhibition media producer's work look like? So that's such a hard question to answer. Um, it's not something that could be like summed up in a sentence. So the best way I can describe what a media producer does is pretty much like work on all audio um, video installations that you see in the museum exhibit. Um, a media producer doesn't have one particular role. Our role constantly changes depending on what project we're working on and what kind of exhibit it is and how many videos or audio installations are involved. Um, so just to give an example, um, depending on like if the exhibit is about dinosaurs or something and we want to include a lot of animations a media producer would either be the one that would do the illustrating or the animating or will be an art director or will collaborate with other artists who are able to fill those roles like an illustrator or animator so it varies from project to project and I think that's what I love most is that my job description cannot be defined in one sentence. It's so broad, <laughs> you know, and it's it's a vast of different skill sets, which is cool. Mm-hmm. 
That sounds really cool and it's fascinating. I would like to know how did you get into this field in the first place? Like what inspired you to do so? So when I was in high school, I've always uh, wanted to create media for exhibitions. Um, so I really got my start uh, when I was 16, like making short movies, making videos on my own. Um, and then I decided to go to college undergrad to study filmmaking. Um, and then from there, I got really interested in documentary filmmaking. Like that was something that I became really passionate about. And so after undergrad, I did a lot of internships, um, worked at a lot of production companies here in Chicago. And then I decided to move to New York to get my master's in social documentary film. Um, and then from there, I moved back to Chicago and started working at the Atla Planetarium here in Chicago um, as a media producer. And that's when I really got jump started in the museum industry. And to me, it was like that aha moment where this was something that I always wanted to do since high school and now I finally got the chance to do it um, and so I worked at the planetarium as a media producer and photographer uh, working on their exhibitions for four years and then after that I started working at the film museum which is actually down the street from the planetarium like they're like walking distance from each other um, and I've been at the film museum for three years now so Wow, wow, that's a great journey. So you're pursuing your interests, which a lot of people generally hesitate to take up, and it has turned out to be a wonderful profession for you, no doubt. Uh, my next question to you is, what is your process of conceptualizing and creating media pieces? What all goes in your head till the implementation? So yeah, I have to approach every project like differently, you know, when I sit and think about it because all of the projects I work on are not the same. Like one, I may work on one exhibit and then it's like totally different for another exhibit. So I'm constantly like resetting my mind of how to approach this project. But usually my, my format and my process is to really figure out, you know, what's the theme of the exhibit? What is it that we're covering? Are we covering dinosaurs? Are we covering uh, color and nature? Are we covering um, whatever, you know, whatever the topic is, figuring that out first. Um, and then from there, uh, I work with content developers and curators at the museum. And so they're the ones that kind of like have all the information, all of the science that you need to know. Um, and then from there, talking to them about, OK, now that we know what the exhibit is going to be about, what kind of media pieces do we need to create and will this be tied to any kind of content? Um, and so that's a lot of just researching, a lot of team meetings, a lot of conversations, uh, getting an idea of what it is that we want to do. So once we move from that phase and we move into actually now knowing what we want to do and how many media pieces we want to create, then I start putting together mood boards of like, what is it that we can do? Like, what kind of te technology will we use? Will it be a documentary? Would it be projection mapping? Would it be animation? Um, and then really just put pulling together like references, resources from Pinterest or Vimeo, like stuff that has really caught my eye from other artists and showing that to the team and giving them some kind of idea of like, hey, we can probably do something like this or we can do something like that, depending on 
which direction we want to go. And then from there, I do a lot of presentations, a lot of presentations to my team, um, just giving them an idea to be able to envision what the project is actually going to look like. Um, and then from there, we uh, actually then get started working on the project. We finally decide our direction. We decide our creative direction, like our look and feel. We then decide, you know, who's going to work on the project with me? Is it something that I can handle by myself? Like say, if it's a animation, I'm not an animator or illustrator. So that's something that I would say, okay, let's bring on someone that can do that. And I'm usually in the process of deciding who that person is. So I usually seek out illustrators or animators or motion designers to work with me. Um, and then we also decide, like, do we want music? So if so, then we hire a music composer. So my list goes on and on. <laughs> um, it's, it's not a, a short description. Yeah. Like I said, uh, it's a very lengthy process. But once we get to the completion part, then it's installed in the museum and we all get to marvel at all the work we've we done. Um, but for me, the, the best part of it is that process of deciding what it is from concept and then seeing it all the way to completion, which is really cool. Amazing. That sounds like a pretty elaborate process. And it's great that uh, you, as you mentioned, you work in collaboration with a lot of artists come together. So um, in this process, are there any challenges you face? Yeah, I think the, the most challenges is um, like really, you know, trying trying something new. I think that's that's the way I want to phrase it is like stepping out of my comfort zone. Um trying something that I haven't done before that the museum hasn't done before. That's a challenge because a lot of times people on your team may be afraid to do that, you know, may be afraid to take that kind of risk. Um, and so for me, I have to do a lot of convincing if it is a big risky project of like, yeah, we definitely should do a projection mapping on a dinosaur that has never been done before. And, here's why here's how we can do it and and here's why we should do it you know so i think that's the the most challenging part is like trying to get convince people and get people excited to try something that they've never done before interesting that's an interesting approach so having worked on with the adler planetarium then the field museum can you name some of the projects that you really enjoyed working on the most yeah, so when I was at the planetarium, that's where I uh, learned to become a photographer. That was something that I was not doing um, in undergrad or in grad school. Um, and so I really picked up that skill set of photography. I got a chance to work on um, an exhibit about the Apollo missions, like Apollo 8, 11, the Gemini missions. I got a chance to meet most of those astronauts from those missions, which is like amazing because they're all much older. They're like seniors now, but like working on the, that exhibit and seeing them when they were young and in their prime and like doing something so amazing, you know, to me, I, I felt really proud when I got a chance to like meet them actually in person. And, and then I knew I spent months editing these videos and creating this exhibit that was about them. Um, and then at the Field Museum, I would say, like, some of the projects that I'm most proud of is, of course, Sue. I mean, Sue is like our prized possession at the Field Museum. It's something that people from all over the world come to see. 
um, because Sue is one of the most complete T-Rex skeletons in, in the world. Um, and then also I get to work on like other documentary, I mean, other exhibits about different cultures, which is cool. Uh, we just uh, did a exhibit called Absalica Women Warriors, and that's about the Crow tribe located in Montana in the United States. Um, and so that was cool because I got a chance to learn a lot about this this Indian tribe, Native American tribe, and learn a lot about their culture and you know and and how they have contributed and done so much you know for the for the U.S. So yeah, it was cool. Great. Cool. Right. So you've worked on a wide range of projects, and this is something I've noticed that I sense a lot of positive energy while you're talking, in the sense that you love what you're doing and you passionately speak about it, which is which is beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I am. I, I I feel like I have my dream job. Like I've been really lucky to have that. Um, it is something that I do get excited about, and I'm glad. I'm really glad I'm in this field because I feel like this field is like perfect for me and like my personality and the kind of work that I want to create. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm one of the lucky few that that wakes up like really excited about their job, <laughs> you know, and doesn't really think of it as a job. It's more like a passion. It's just something that I I enjoy doing. So it doesn't feel like work. It feels like I'm just really having fun. I get to have fun every day with the stuff I get to create. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So moving on, you work on documentaries, films, photography, multimedia, but recently you've gravitated towards projection mapping a lot. So what has triggered your interest towards it? Um, so it actually started when I was at the planetarium. So being there, like the exhibits that I worked on were, were much smaller exhibits um, as far as scale. And so I was always like just curating like videos that you would just see on a monitor, you know, like really small scale stuff. Um, and then after like three years, I was like, I started having that urge to want to create bigger projects to want to create on a bigger scale. I was on Pinterest a lot and following these other companies that were doing like really cool projection mapping on building facades and like just the really extreme stuff. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to figure out how to get into that. But I just didn't know how quite yet. Um, and so uh, being able to work at the film museum opened up that possibility for me it allowed me to be able to try projection mapping for the first time because I was able to work on a really large scale exhibit um work on a specimen that that's you really unique and to do something really unique with it um so that's how I got interested in projection mapping it was mainly just me seeing other artists work and being inspired by it and then feeling like that was something that I really wanted to do and try and now that I've tried it now I'm like hooked <laughs> and I'm like addicted to it and like I just want to keep making uh, more more and more projection mapping projects <laughs> we would love to see more of your projects indeed could you uh, could you give us an overview of your project Sue the T-Rex skeleton light show yeah so with Sue um, like I said Sue is one of the most complete skeletons in the world uh, it's about 90% complete um, as far as like the skeleton like it's not when you if you ever get a chance to visit the field museum here in Chicago 
you would see that, you know, this is a real specimen. A lot of people ask, are, the, are these bones real? And they are, you know, 90% of them really are real, real bones. There are, there's not a lot of replications. Um, and so for this uh, exhibit, we were, we was moving Sue from its original location in the museum. We wanted to move it somewhere that was a little more smaller so that Sue could look a lot bigger. <laughs> um, where it originally was, Sue looked kind of small. It didn't look so overpowering because the film museum is a really large museum. Um, and so we wanted to move it into a location so that we, people can really get the sense of how massive the skeleton is. Um, and with that being said, we also wanted to point out a lot of the injuries on the skeleton. A lot of these injuries are are uh, visible with the naked eye. If you, you're able to stand up really close to the skeleton, so you can see like holes in the jaw, you can see like the degrading ribs, you can see like the degrading tail, and see all of these different injuries. Um, and we wanted to help our visitors learn more about Sue through that because it's so visible. And so my idea was to use projection mapping to highlight those injuries and to use narration and music and to put together the show so that people can really walk away with a sense of learning that they have learned a lot about Sue the Dinosaur. Um, and so in our project, we highlighted the jaw to show that there were possibly an infection, and that's probably how Sue died. We used projection mapping to highlight the leg to show that, you know, Sue got into a fight with a Montosaurus, you know, and that that was a really bad injury. And then we wanted to show, like, the ribs, how the ribs were broken, and, and to show that there was arthritis in the tail. And so we were able to do all of that through projection mapping, which was really cool. And, yeah, and that's the, the gist of it. Um, and it's something that I think our visitors really enjoy being able to see when they visit the museum because they're able to, like, see this specimen in a different way um, than they ever than they can anywhere else. Honestly. Great. That's something, uh, even when I checked it on your website, it left me saying, I want to visit this place. I want to see this project. It's, it's indeed wonderful. Uh, so uh, I would like to ask you quick rapid fire questions. So uh, talk three museums that you would recommend uh, uh, anyone to visit. Your favorite museums. My favorite museums? Um, let's see. I... Of course, the Field Museum. <laughs> Is it top three? <laughs> I only have three choices. <laughs> or five. You can say as many as you want. Okay. Uh, the Field Museum, the Museum of Science Industry, which is in Chicago, the Planetarium is in Chicago, and the Bible Museum, that's in D.C. That's one of my favorite museums and reason why that's one of my favorite museums because they do really cool immersive media experiences like it feels like you're like at a theme park you know and this stuff is like about the bible but they don't make it feel like that like it's, it's like really fun to learn about religion like they make it really fun you know they don't make it feel you know drab or you know boring like 
they really heighten it and they add a lot of theatrical experiences at that museum. Um, when I visited a couple of years ago, I was just blown away. And, I, and it just made me even more excited about the work I do because I was like, okay, now I want to make that kind of work. Like, that's like on a whole nother level. <laughs> so, yes, I, I recommend shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, three life lessons that you've learned so far in your journey. Um, number one is to be patient and to know that everything will work out if you continue to work toward your passion. Um and to stay positive, you know, like, you know, everything won't always go well or you won't always feel like you're where you need to be. But I feel like if you stay positive, it will always work out um, and love what you do. If you don't love what you do, then you need to be finding something else. Um, and that's why you can sense the joy and the excitement in my voice is because I really do love what I do. And if I didn't enjoy it, I, I would be trying to find, find what that is. But if you love it, it doesn't feel like work and you enjoy talking about it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Amazing. Uh, so moving on, um, after working on so many phenomenal projects, I'm sure you're still full of ideas that you want to take up. So what's next um, on anything you particularly wish to achieve at this point of your trajectory? Uh, so that's a good question. I think for me, like I want to just continue getting better at projection mapping. Like I'm so early and new to it. And it's been around for forever, you know, it's been around for a long time. And I really admired the other artists that I follow and to see the, like the scale and the, the level of detail that they work in. And that's what I want to do. I want to get to that point. I feel like I need to catch up <laughs> to where everyone else is. Um, so for me, that's my main focus now is really just getting better at this new skill set that I have. Wonderful. Your drive is indeed very motivating. Uh, as we're towards the end of this conversation, I would like to ask you, what are the skills required for someone who wants to get started with this career? Yeah, so I, for me, I went to film school, um, but in this day and age, you don't have to go to film school. Like everything can be taught online, you know, like there's a lot of online courses even that I use to learn photography. Um, so I would say if you want to go to film school, that's great. But if you don't, don't feel pressured. Like you can learn the techniques of being a filmmaker by being self-taught, you know. Um, but that is something that's really important to know. In order to be in my positions, you have to be a really strong storyteller and you have to be really um, well versed and creative in different kind of storytelling, storytelling mediums like you have to understand animation and you have to understand uh, documentary filmmaking. You have to understand the art of interviewing and uh, all other kind of ways to tell a story. I think that's really important because when you're working in exhibits, you want to always try to create a different experience. You don't want to always create the same experience for every single exhibit. You know, you want to give people a reason to come to the museum and to see something exciting. So I think what I've been doing is like following artists that I really admire and seeing their work and their process and then trying to figure out how do I add that to my work and my process or how can I learn a new skill set so that 
I can apply it to the museum and that our exhibits always feel fresh and feel new, you know, and feel exciting, you know. Uh, who are the artists that you look up to? Uh, can you name a few? Yeah, so I really love Moment Factory. They're based in uh, Canada and they're uh, a really cool immersive a company that does a lot of projection mapping um, and a lot of like really large scale, like crazy immersive experiences. Um, also like Philip Frank, he's a projection mapping artist. So he does like a lot of projection mapping, like in like a forest, like on trees, like in these natural environments, wow. which is really cool. Um, and then I also love Meow Wolf. Um, they have a location here in, uh, in I think, Nevada. Um, but they make these, like, immersive experiences that are, like, out of your mind. Like, they, like you'll see, like, a refrigerator, and you're able to walk into the refrigerator, and then you're walking into a different, like, room. Like, that's how crazy it is. Like, it's, cool. yeah, it's, like, stuff that you don't think of. And that place features a lot of artists. Like, they all, it's, like, a, a, a huge collective like all of these artists come together and just create these different immersive rooms. So everything feels different. Um, so I, I think those are like the top three for me right now. And those are like the, the, the people that I'm like really following. Cause I'm trying to figure out like, how do I make stuff like that <laughs> for the field museum? You know, like how do I get to that level? That's great. So uh, one last piece of advice for students who wish to follow your path. Uh, I would say, yeah, just, uh, work on your skill set, you know, work at becoming really good at whatever avenue you decide to take, whether it is to be a filmmaker or an editor or a photographer. Um, I would say really work hard at it. Um, have a strong portfolio because it really matters, um, when you're trying to, sell yourself or sell your work to people and you want people to bring you on to projects, that's the first thing people look at is the work that you do and are you able to do it? Um, and yeah, and just stay and just remain patient and know that sometimes it takes a long time to get to where you want to be. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you can get there really fast, you know, but to have patience and to keep an open mind. That's another thing that I want to mention is that, you know, the creative process is like this. It's not linear. <laughs> You know, and so for, for some it's like linear and for some they have to like go through all these hoops to get there. Um, and that's OK. Don't freak out about it. You know, like if it takes you going like different loops and different paths to get to where you are, that's OK. You know, it's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> That's that's really amazing. It was a wonderful conversation and I personally really enjoyed talking to you. Lots of interesting insights and lots of motivation. So thank you for joining us, ma'am. Thank you so much. Congratulations to all of you who made it till the end. Thank you for listening to this episode and I really hope you liked it. If you did, please leave us a review on our YouTube comment section. And if you come up with any questions while listening to this podcast, you can add a comment on Instagram or YouTube and we will get back to you and help you as much as possible. You can find us on Instagram or our website by the name arttown.store. 
So do connect with us. We're truly excited to converse with you.